Hey, good morning. I'm Jake, and I'm one of the pastors here at Restoration Church. Regardless of how you're joining us this morning, let me just say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I want to start off today by sharing a short list of habits that people do that just annoy us, that just irritate us. And so if any of these speak to you, just feel free to let us know in the comments below. So I'm just going to jump right in. The first one on the list are drivers that don't turn off their blinker when they're driving. Uh, number two is drivers that drive slowly. Number three, talking on the phone loudly in public places. It's a bonus if they have their, speak their phone on speaker also. Uh, number four, those people that take their carry-on out of the overhead compartments in the airplane as soon as it lands. Uh, number five, knuckle cracking. Number six, a personal favorite of mine, eating food noisily. <laughs> you see, we could be mentioning these, or be looking at habits that annoy us all day long, and I think that it would speak to practically everyone. We have a word for these, they're called pet peeves. Some people just have the ability to forget these and ignore them, but for others, these are deal breakers. You know, it's no shocker that what is your pet peeve is one of the most ask questions when you're on a date. Why? Because if the person answers with the same pet peeves as you, you know that it's a match made in heaven. Uh, but as we find these pet peeves happening and occurring in, in our relationships with our friends, our coworkers, our family, it finds sometimes that with these pet peeves, it makes it harder for us to love them, harder for us to care for them. But I always find it interesting that these small annoyances can be deal breakers in relationships. Something small, you know, just a, an annoying habit over the course of time can ruin relationships. Others find these pet peeves as a fun challenge that I'm going to change them, I'm going to work it out of them. And so it just creates friction for us as we strive to be in community with other people. Uh, when I was first married, I found that I got into trouble over lots of small things all the time with my wife. Things that I thought were just completely and totally pointless. For example, my wife got mad at me for my socks. You know, in my mind, I'd get home, I'd take off my shoes, I'd take off my, shoe, my socks, and I'd put my socks right next to my shoes, and I'd come back to them later. But what really happened was I would come home, kick my shoes off, strip off my socks and throw them across the room and, and forget about them. Basically, my wife had to clean up after me and, and that, didn't, that didn't make her happy. Uh, but this was something small that we would talk about and um, over the course of time, it became more and more of an issue. And so it became an issue because I was constantly blowing my wife off. And it took a while, but it eventually got through my thick skull that um, socks on the floor make my wife very unhappy. I'd like to say that I've learned how to clean up my socks and put them away, put them in the dirty laundry, but somehow they still come up every now and then. It seems like such a small thing that has become a big thing. But if God has created us to be in relationships, why does it seem so hard sometimes? The answer is because of sin. We are all sinful people, and when we come together, our sinful nature uh, grates on each other, and we uh, find it hard to, to love one another. 
So God, in his infinite wisdom, has put sinful people with sinful people, not just to make us figure out how to deal with those things that annoy us, but to have each other figure out how to work through our sin. Ultimately, God wants us to love each other. So if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to open up Song of Solomon, which is right in the middle of the Bible. Basically, if you grab your Bible and you open it up halfway, you should be in either Psalms or Proverbs. Keep going to the right. You'll pass a little tiny book called Ecclesiastes. And if you keep going, you'll, pass, you'll hit Song of Solomon, which is a small eight-chapter book. So Pastor Kevin started a series a couple weeks ago due to COVID, Everyone has been ha having to manage more stress, working from home, spending more time with your family, spending more time with the people in your home. And it's been harder to get away. It's been harder to find alone time. And this season has been a test to even the strongest of relationships. And so our series is Relationships 101. And it's a practical series where we focus on developing skills to strengthen our relationships, to ease the tensions that we're experiencing. Today, we're going to discuss how to deal with the small things that, if left ignored, will completely destroy our relationships. And so the Song of Solomon is known as the Book of Love. This deals with an intimate relationship between a husband and wife. But there's more to teach us about relationships than how God has designed marriage. Song of Solomon gives us helpful ways to navigate our interpersonal relationships. And by relationship, I mean more than dating and marriage. We all have relationships with others. It's our, our, we have relationships with our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family. Really, a relationship is any form of connection between you and another person. So look at the relationship of, song, of Songs 215. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyard, for our vineyards are in blossom. And this verse is a proverb. And a proverb is generally true, but not necessarily true in every scenario. And so for some of you, this may be a confusing proverb. What do foxes and vineyards have to do with relationships? I learned this week that foxes not only eat the grapes, they, don't, they not only eat the blossoms, but they chew, they gnaw on the trunk. They scrape at the roots, exposing the vine, um, um, leaving them to the elements to dry out. Now, I'm, get, I'm not going to lie, I am a sucker for cute baby fox pictures, but as they grow up, they multiply and they're going to cause extensive damage to the whole vineyard, not just one vine. So the bride is using this proverb to talk about relationships. Foxes represent small things that happen in our relationship that may seem cute at first, but these small things in our relationships, they eventually add up, and if they are left unchecked, they can destroy our relationships. So she's charging the groom to help her catch the little things before they add up to big things. And so both parties are responsible to catch the foxes. It means that you work together to strengthen your relationship. While the immediate context is certainly regarding the marriage relationship, the little foxes that we're looking at today are the same foxes present in our interpersonal relationships. Ignoring these foxes will be costly to our relationships. So I just have one simple truth for you today. Catch the little foxes out of love for each other. So this idea of catching foxes means that we are intentionally looking at the symptoms that a fox is present. 
we work with each other to find and to catch these little foxes before they grow into something bigger, which could damage or destroy our relationships. So our relationships aren't always easy, but God doesn't want us to be alone in this world. God has created us for each other. And so catching these foxes together grows us in trust of one another, grows us in love for one another, and it grows us in the ability to respect one another. And so the more we do it, we don't find that it gets easier, but we do find that it gets more rewarding with the other person. So what are the foxes? These are types or examples of things that are present in every relationship, and they're easy to, they're easy to overlook, they're easy to ignore. And so the key word is little. These little things are present in every relationship that we have. So the first type of little foxes are the foxes of trivial things. Basically, there's a different way of living, a different way of doing things. Everywhere we go, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's our neighborhood, or even church, we find people that think differently. We find people that process information differently. We find people that do things differently. We even find people that, have, that vote differently and have different values. Even Jesus' 12 disciples came from wildly different backgrounds where Jesus chose each of them to follow him. And it's fun to watch the Gospels and find that they are in conflict with each other. And so Jesus doesn't just want us to be in conflict with each other. He wants us to learn how to love one another. And so trivial, the trivial things are the small things in our relationship that we tend to focus on, our, that we tend to, to think about and allow us to, 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 to uh, allow our minds to, to be set on. And for some, what initially attracts us may later become a point of contention. That carefree attitude in the person you were dating, which you thought was just cool and fun, where you could just go do anything at any time, may seem difficult right now, may seem where you want them to, to have a plan. You want them to think about things more clear, more consistently. Or what about that person that you've been dating that uh, when you first started dating, you admired their ability to plan, their, their careful attention to detail. And now that you're married, you may see that what was initially a good thing is now controlling. And so for us, what we see as strengths or what we used to see as strengths, we now see as weaknesses. And what happened? The closer that we are in relationship with others, the more that we feel friction, the more these little fox grow up and they gnaw at the trunk of, their, of, of your relationships. So I've been at Restoration for three years now and I've worked closely with Pastor Kevin. I find that he does things that annoy me. He, I, I have to remind him about deadlines, about tasks, about organization, and I, I, have to, I have to remind him about these things. Part of me has started to recognize that this is how God has wired Kevin. And so I can be annoyed by it, or I can learn to love him through that. And Pastor Kevin has also been annoyed by me, by certain things that I do. And I know that's a, that's a shocker for some of you. But he's pushed me to see the big picture and not be dark, bogged down by details. And he's also had to deal with me making up words to songs and singing them loudly and off key. It's something I do and I'm not gonna, uh, it's something I do and it's not just a little bit, but it's, it's a lot. And I'll say he's been slowly finding it endearing. 
but it's been a growing experience for both of us. It hasn't always been easy. We've had to work through different things, different frictions that have come up, and part of it is just how we do things differently. And it's, working, it's been working through those trivial things that has allowed us to, to have a more meaningful relationship with each other. It's allowed us to have a deeper respect and love for each other. And so the same is true with our coworkers and whatever relationship that we have. We're going to interact with people who live differently, who do things differently. And so we need to catch this little fox before it grows to a deeper level in order to trust and love and respect uh, our, our, the people in our relationships. So the second type of fox in our relationships is the fox of cutting and critical words. You know, some have the spiritual gift of sarcasm. Those people tend to be quippy and they always have a response to what's being said. I personally sometimes enjoy sarcasm, but more often than not, sarcasm is used as a way to cut people down. Words do more than convey information. They have the power to give life and they have the power to destroy. Not only do our words make wounds worse, but they also inflict them directly. Some of us have firsthand experience where we've grown up in a family with our, where our family members would cut each other down with words. And so the words that were used in the home shape, about, shape how we see and what we think and what we do in the world. It's easy to know how others' words affect us, but how often do we stop and consider how our words impact others? I love how James Lee puts says this. He says, uh, he says that the tongue is a, is a tiny member, yet it can cause great harm. See how great a forest, a little fire can start. Not only do we have to catch this fox when it happens to us, but we also need to catch this fox when our words affect others. We must not wait for others to tell us how our words are hurtful. So the third type of fox to catch is the fox of poor communication. Do you notice how our words and our actions play a key role in destroying relationships? The same is true for building relationships. A lack of not talking and communicating is a reason why relationships die. Communicating is not only what we say, but how we say it. Nothing harms relationships more than poor communication. Last week, Pastor Kevin said, don't use always and never in your fights. Why? Because absolute statements put people on the defensive. A young married couple that I knew a while back, they were fighting over something that started small, but it grew quickly. And are you catching the theme yet? The husband was using, well, you always say this, you always do that, or you never care about this, or you never care about that. And so it was putting his wife on the defensive and it escalated the, the conflict. Eventually, they worked out the issue and they moved on, but we all fight, um, all, of, all of our fights are roughly about poor communication and the root issue is a lack of understanding, a lack of being understood. Another way that we find the fox of poor communication is, is, is how we invalidate other people's feelings. The key part of communicating is being heard and being understood by others. Invalidating feel, when you invalidate someone's feelings, you completely ignore or don't take into consideration how the other person feels. So think about that fox. 
it quickly gets out of hand and it creates more issues and more conflict. Catching this fox early fosters a deep respect and love for others. More often than not in our conflict, in our relationships, we are dealing with the symptoms of the foxes and not the foxes themselves. Remember, the fox gnaws at the trunk. He eats the fruit. He exposes the roots. And so we tend to fight about different things. We fight about projects, about chores. And as we fight, we insult each other or, or, or we use critical words and that escalates the fight. And so the issue is, is that most often we don't deal with the heart issue, with the root issue, and it leads to more conflict. And so what happens is we get overgrown, multiplied foxes, and these types of foxes multiply um, as we are not catching them. And so it leads to unresolved conflict. Let me just say, conflict is inevitable. Unresolved conflict is just that conflict that we've never completely worked through. More unresolved conflict presents or is present in our relationships. And so as we see more and more unresolved conflict, we are quicker to be angry. We are quicker to speak and we are slower to listen. And so this results in us not fighting fair with each other. Just look at social media the past few months. I've known many people who love Jesus, who have unfriended and unfollowed other Christians on Facebook because of their posts about coronavirus, because of their posts about election, because they post about injustice. You see, this is not how we are supposed to work through our disagreements. And in not dealing with our conflict, it only creates bitterness and resentment towards others. If people are still friends right now on social media, they're not having an actual dialogue. They are talking past each other. They're not listening. And it's clear to see that foxes are running wild. As we think about unresolved conflict, it leads to broken trust. It leads to distance in relationships and not just a six-foot physical distance. It creates an inability to communicate. It creates an inability to forgive and it forget. Um, and it also leads to uh, us having anger and bitterness towards others. Catching these foxes before they get to the point, uh, before they get to this point, isn't always pleasant. Right? But our motivation to catch these foxes isn't just to avoid future pain or to deal with current pain, but we catch the little foxes out of love for each other. Catch the small word in that sentence, love. Love conquers all. Think about this. You have been drawn into the highest relationship that you can think of. You have been drawn into a relationship with the one who has created you. We've been able to experience God's love at a completely different level. He has forgiven us. He has shown us mercy. We find our identity in God. And I love what St. Augustine, he said, he said, God loves each of, each of us as if we were, as if there were only one of us. So how exactly does God love us? How does God draw us into relationship? He sent his son to die for us on the cross. Jesus took our sin, he took our shame, and he died 
for us so that we can have a relationship with him. So all of the Bible can be summed up by love God and love others. And so the grace and the love that we have experienced in our relationship with God flows into every relationship that we have with others, with people on earth. And so this is why we catch, our, the, catch the foxes, because of our love for others. Love conquers all. And so it was a hard, it's been a hard process for me in my marriage the last 10 years as the Holy Spirit has revealed that when my wife mentions these small, silly, petty things in my mind, that she's not being loved by me. The Holy Spirit has been working on my heart to see as she brings these up, she's not feeling loved. So we catch these foxes to, um, in, in response to our love to God and for our love for others. So we should desire for our relationships to grow. We should desire for our relationships to be more meaningful. But it means that we are catching, that it means that catching these foxes is a way for us to love each other. Now I know I've been talking about identifying and catching foxes, but how do we actually do it? First, pick your battles wisely. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is to his glory to overlook an offense. Now let me be clear here. Not every fox needs to be caught. Think about it. Regardless of how long people have been in relationship with others, there's always something that comes up. We're never going to rid our relationship of all of these little foxes. Why? Because we're sinful people. We are constantly sinning and we are constantly just doing stupid things. And so there are always going to be foxes in our relationships. But if we're spending all of our time finding and catching every single fox in our relationships, we are going to cause more harm in our relationship. If there's a specific sin in the life of an individual, that fox needs to be addressed with that specific individual. If something trivial annoys you, you may need to let it go. So what do you do if you're not going to bring it up? What do you do? How do you, how do you pick up battles wisely? First, resolve it in your heart to let it go. When in conflict, it's easy to pull people in, to hear people's opinions, to hear people how they, how to, to, to justify on how uh, you're doing all of the right things. It's easy just to pull people in and to validate our feelings. But if you're not going to talk to that person directly about that little fox, you have no right to talk to others. Instead, what you should do in prayer, give that fox over to God. Let him catch that fox for you. And as you find that as you do that, God works in your hearts in profound ways, not just your heart, but in the heart of the person in, that you're in relationship with. And so this advice of catching little foxes is specifically not for relationships on life support. But if that's you, I want to invite you to seek godly counsel. Invite godly men and women in conversations to, um, to seek outside help to help you navigate the, your, your, your relationships which are on life support. But the second way that we catch foxes is by confronting it. We bring it up. Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Before you bring up the little foxes, why don't you pray to God who created us to be in relationship? 
Pray for wisdom. Pray for words to, to, to speak. But also just through prayer and through journaling, allow the Holy Spirit to help navigate you through your emotions. And why specifically this fox needs to be caught so you can deal with the, with the root issue and not everything else that comes as a result. But also, if you're going to confront it, address the little foxes quickly and communicate clearly. Tell the other person how this specific situation made you feel. Ask questions, look for understanding. Remember, a little fox is, uh, one of the little foxes is poor communication. So you want to address this fox with good communication. The third way that we catch these foxes is forgive and forget. Man, the Bible is full of commands for us to forgive others. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. How did God forgive us? The psalmist says that as far as the east is from the west, so God has forgotten our sins. And scripture is full of how when we come to God and seek his forgiveness, that he forgets all of our sin. That's the beautiful thing about the cross is as we've come to believe and come to put our trust in Christ, all of our sin, past, present, and future is forgotten. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to clean, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God continually cleanses us and continually forgets the wrongs that we have done against him. And this is the root of the issue. A lot of these little foxes are things that are done to us or that we do to others. And so our role as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to forgive and to forget the wrongs that have been done to us. And let me just say that forgiveness is a sign of genuine love for others, and it is that we are able to trust that God is working in our relationships when we forgive and forget the wrongs committed against us. I've spent most of today talking about the foxes that others do to us. But how do we respond when someone brings a fox against us? Again, the answer is love. Romans 12, 18 tells us, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. It means that we strive to maintain the peace with others, not just Christians, but uh, but it means that we also listen to where people are coming from. We can't ignore, we can't blow off. We need to recognize that love conquers all in our relationships, and that is the love of Christ in us. So we need to try to understand the root issue. And when that happens, we listen, pray for wisdom on how to proceed. Leaving peaceably with others also means that we actively seek out how our words, how our action has caused harm, has caused friction for others. It means that we open that conversation and we lovingly navigate people through, not to beat people down, but to grow them and us in deeper love for each other. But as you think about your life right now, what little annoyances have bothered you that you need to forgive? Maybe it's that way that your spouse does or says something specific or how they clean or, or what they do in the house. Maybe it's a specific way that your coworker who uh, loves to heat up fish in the microwave, maybe, maybe that 
is part of it. Maybe it's just that your coworkers just do something differently. Here's the charge. Those annoyances that you have in those relationships. Forgive the fox and the person. But as we close, what foxes are looming in your life preventing you from experiencing meaningful relationships? Restoration Church, you are loved. Will you pray with me? God, you are a good and merciful God. I pray, Lord, that as we are thinking about each other, Lord, I pray that you would grow us in love for one another. I pray that we would have a desire to seek out our relationships, to, to seek out these foxes together, Lord. I pray that we would not think that we have to do these things alone. I pray that you would use your word and your love to grow us into a deeper understanding of you through each other, God. I pray that this would be a way for us to seek to live uh, out how to love one another, God. I pray specifically for those of us who are, who are watching uh, the sermon online, Lord, and I pray for their hearts that as they are angry and bitter towards others, specifically Christians, Lord, I pray that you uh, would be working in their heart right now. I pray that you would allow them to let go of their anger and to pursue, to, to forgive or to forget, God. I pray that you would give them the strength to do that. Lord, I pray for our church as a whole. I pray that you would grow us in love for one another. I pray that you would grow us in meaningful relationships, God, and all with the desire to know you through our relationships, God. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In your name, Lord. Amen.